Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I am so excited to share my guest, Isabel's story with you today. Isabel is a wife, mom to three, and enjoyed the gift of growing up in an intergenerational Chinese-American household. She was able to spend her life growing up with her two other sisters, her parents, and her grandparents under the same roof. Her grandparents lived to the ages of 98 and 102. Professionally, Isabel has over 13 years of experience working at reputable healthcare organizations in the senior living and hospice care field. She holds a master in public health from the University of Maryland College Park. She is the author of The Value of Wrinkles, a young perspective on how loving the old will change your life. Isabel's family immigrated from Hong Kong and Isabel said this about her grandparents. They offered me an additional layer of love and attention. Goodness, I love that. Isabel has a weak spot for Cheetos and sweets. Yes, my kind of girl. And she loves being active and being outdoors refreshes her. So let's jump in. Here is my conversation with Isabel Tom. Well, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, Isabel. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited, Ren. This is so great. And this is so fun because we met each other online, which I love. And (laughs) I remember first seeing and hearing your name uh, back in March. And I'll tell you when, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but I was, well, I think I shared a detail of it, but I was, I remember right where I was in the hallway vacuuming. I even had the hose where I was vacuuming and I was getting the baseboards. (laughs) Have I ever done that in my entire life? No, but I was that day and I was um, looking at IGTV and you popped up from Moody Publishers and you were talking about how you can serve and how we all can serve the older generation, especially during this time of shutdown of the pandemic. And this was at the very beginning and I had my earbud in and I put my phone in my back pocket and I just listened. I watched you and then I listened to what you were saying and it was so good. I was so drawn to you and I was like, this girl is awesome. I've got to follow her. So I found you on Instagram. (laughs) I found you over there and connected with you. And so I'm really excited um, that we've connected and now that you are on the podcast with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I am just excited anytime I get to talk about this. So that's Thank great. you. Well, uh, before we start, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. So I could go on and on, but I guess the easiest way to explain it is I'm a mom of three kids. I'm a wife um, to my husband, Kevin. We've been married for 11 years. Um, I'm Chinese American. And I would say like day to day, I really, my life is a lot different now than it was like two, three years ago. So most of my day now is consumed with like chasing after people and telling them to stop doing this and 
putting them back into their beds and all that type of thing. So your podcast is like right on for a person like me who every day is just trying to like keep control, you know, control and make sure everything is working and making sure everybody's happy and trying to love on my kids. So um, I, I'm probably very much like most of your listeners. Okay. Well, that's great. And I wanted to ask you what made it different from the two years ago? You said your life looked differently. How did it look differently? So um, the book that I recently wrote is called The Value of Wrinkles, A Young Perspective on How Loving the Old Will Change Your Life. And so before two years ago, my, my grandma passed away at 102. And so she was my last living grandparent. And I would say after that, I really miss having older, older people in my life. And by older people, I mean like somebody in their 80s, 90s, 100s. And now, you know, in my family, um, my mom and my mother-in-law are the two oldest people in our family and they have just hit 70. So I have worked in the field serving older adults, but now I'm a stay-at-home mom and writer for now. And so I don't, I don't get that interaction with older adults like I used to get. So in that way, it's very different. Okay. Well, that makes sense because I, um, my first job was at our church's bookstore. And in that, I started the day after I graduated high school because I was going to college here in Memphis at University of Memphis. And I needed a part-time job and it was at the church and bookstore. I didn't even really love reading so much. Now I do, but I didn't <laughs> at the time, which is kind of like crazy how I was in there. But I, um, I, a lot of the women in there were, all of them were older than me, but then a few were a lot older. They were grandparents. And I cannot tell you how much I gleaned from them. There are things that they taught me and that, you know, you just catch. It's kind of like with parenting, we say it's not taught, you know, it's caught rather than taught. I remember so many things that they taught me just by their life and then specific spiritual um, encouragement for me back to that. And it was, it was their wisdom. It was their age. And so I love the fact that you have um, been raised in an intergenerational family. So can you tell me a little bit about that? I'm so intrigued and tell us what an intergenerational family looks like. So I'll tell you the truth. I've used the term multi-generational and intergenerational and both of them are going to maybe interchange them and not really, you know, they'll be the same. But okay. I grew up in intergenerational household. And what I mean by that is it was my parents, my two sisters, and then my grandparents. And they were part of our immediate family. I grew up, you know, I was born and they were already in our house. So they mm -hmm. immigrated immigrated from Hong Kong and um, China over to the U.S. after my parents were married. And my whole entire childhood, they were there. And not just childhood, adolescence. I lived, you know, I lived in the same house with them until I got married. So that was 26. And so they've been around my, they were around my entire wow. life pretty much. And um, it's something that I'll, a lot of people may have part of that experience, but I think the thing for me that was different is my grandparents lived a really long time. So they lived to a 98 and 102. And so your perspective kind of changes as you become an adult, as you experience different things in life. And so for me, it also was interesting because I started working in a field that served older adults. And so as a child, I had probably the experience that a lot of grandchildren have who are close to their grandparents. They were around, they were part of my life, but I don't think I really 
understood how special it was to have them there mm. until I got older. So yeah, and that's pretty much a lot of what my book is about, um, that professional experience, that personal experience. Mm. So I want to dig into this because I'm thinking of, you know, as we're, when we're younger, then it's like, oh, it's fun. Grandparent, grandma and grandpa are here. Um, but then, like you said, like in adolescence and you're going on dates and, you know, you're going through puberty and all the things. And then you don't just have mom and dad telling you what to do. But then do you have grandparents doing that as well? Is there kind of like a, how, how did that work? So I think every family is different and I would say it wasn't always clean. So I think when people see my family and hear my story, they automatically assume like it was just a real experience and everything just worked out perfectly and everyone was nice and the adults all knew how to communicate with each other. I don't think so at all. Um, but for me as a child, you know, they were there, they, they took care of us in terms of they walked us to school, picked us up from school so that my parents, they were working. Um, so they're involved in that way. But as I got older, you know, I, my grandparents didn't really take part in parenting me like a typical parent would, but I would say what they did was they were always home. <laughs> they were always there. So just that physical presence, when I look back, that was a blessing to me. I'm the youngest of three. So my two older sisters, you know, they did tennis and they did Chinese school and all these things. But being the youngest, like, you know, your parents kind of get tired after a little while. And <laughs> so I stayed home with my grandparents a lot and just not having to stay home alone. Or let's say you don't get invited to something. You at least are with somebody. So that presence was really huge for me and a blessing. Um, I think they didn't parent me, but what they did is they nurtured me. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes as a parent, it's really hard. I struggle with this because I'm trying to be fun and listen and have deep conversations, but at the same time you're disciplining. So my grandparents, you know, my, my parents were pretty strict, but my grandparents, they were able to I like to say that they offered me a, an additional layer of love and attention. And because of that, I think I developed this resiliency in life because, I mean, if I showed you a picture of me when I was like five or even 10 or 15, you'd be like, oh, okay, you were really dorky. Um, so I would say <laughs> I, had like, I, I had like the longest, I like to say I had the longest dorky stage known to man. I mean, I got my glasses at two and I my hair is frizzy. Like it was, it was just... Yeah, I'll just show you a picture someday. But <laughs> but you know what? Like, even though I never got the attention or recognition of being like a pretty girl or even a somebody who's exceptionally smart, I I look back and I realize that I knew that I was loved, mm -hmm. and that's what my grandparents did. They were just there. They didn't even necessarily say like I love you, but I just knew that I had these people there who cared about me. And um, when it comes to discipline you know, I'm a pastor's kid. So I don't know if I mentioned that, but pastor's kids, we love to rebel and we have no problem rebelling against our parents. But what kept me safe, I would say, is I didn't want to disappoint my grandparents. Mm. So I would totally be willing to run away <laughs> if my grandparents weren't there mm. because I wow. knew my grandparents would be worried for me. And so mm. I think for me, I probably benefited the most. I would say if you're a, a, a parent who lives with you know, in-laws or your parents, you are um, 
probably struggling a lot because it's not easy to live with other adults, like that sandwich generation piece. But your children, they benefit so much from being in that position. So, you know, for me, it was, I benefited from things that my parents did to serve their parents. Mm, I love that. I love that you just said that because there was a quote that you said also, uh, and you said, having an older person in our midst is a gift. And that's what you just explained, that it's a gift. I mean, what a gift that your parents gave you uh, having your grandparents there, the gift that grant your grandparents gave you. So I think that I, I'm so glad that you shed a lot of light on that. It is not a negative thing. Yes, there's going to be struggles. Yes, that, you know, we're human. We're going to have, you know, maybe some of those run-ins. But uh, overall, it's, it's just a gift and that they are in your midst. I love that quote you said. Yeah. Can I add to that, actually? Absolutely. But a lot of times, and this is something that I don't think happened in my family intentionally, but I think in our society, we often think of serving older adults and we think of it as kind of like a service project, like we have to take care of them, but we don't see it as we want them around. <laughs> You know, we want the grandparents around with their grandchildren. We we want them around because they can offer that extra layer of love and attention. We don't necessarily see their value. We see the value that we can add to them because we're thinking that we're we're going to be the ones who are going to help them through aging. But really, as somebody gets older, and I think older people forget this, that they have value and that they kind of get sweeter as they get older. God is working in their hearts. God still cares about them. God still has a reason for them to be in our lives. Like he has a purpose. And I think it is so sad because I see it in so many older people where they just think they're done after they retire or, you know, they're just like, I'm, I'm old, you know, like there's, there's nothing good about me now. And they just kind of retreat into their own spaces. But I think we as younger people have to see that they bring value. And then we have to remind the older people in our lives that they bring value. Because I think all across the board, it's kind of been forgotten that, that there's, they have value, that there's something that they can bring to the table and really great things too. So, Well, and I love that this is biblical to do this is to take care of them, but not from our perspective, from, but from them to pour into us. You know, we think about the Titus two women where you're listening to the older and I was reading, we're reading through the Bible with our church. And I was reading the other day about how one of the Kings or judges, I don't know, one of the Kings uh, did not listen to one of his older I guess people that had been speaking like the into elders, yeah. the elders that had been speaking into his father's life after he passed away. And he went with what his friends or the people, his age said, and it was obviously a, uh, it was a mistake and it was against the Lord, what the Lord wanted. And so I just thought, Oh, that's so good because we need to be listening. We need to have our elders and our grandparents and those that are of the older generation to be pouring into us. And so that they can give all that wisdom. They have so much wisdom. They have so much life experience that we don't have yet. So I love, I love this so much. I think that word wisdom is kind of like we hear it and we're like, yeah, older people have wisdom, but we don't really realize what, how valuable wisdom is. And that for an older person, I like to like term it as they give us a long-term perspective. And that's something that I've realized 
especially recently, why we should value older people, because I can only see, you know, I'm 37 now, so I can only see things from a 37 year perspective. Mm. But if I talk to somebody who's 80, like I want to know what she thinks about, or I want to ask her, like, how do you deal with anger? You know, when you're angry at people or let's say bitterness with God, like certain questions that we, we have, I want to know what she thinks because she's got 80 years of experience, you know? So Mm. I think when you're around older people, they just naturally are going to look at things from that long-term perspective they've gone through more and that is something that kids won't realize but if they're around it it's going to benefit them in the long run Mm. so let's take it one one step further and tell me what are ways we can have them pouring into our lives what is a way a practical way that we can have our grandparents or older ones in our lives to really bridge that gap and have them more involved in our lives what can we do So, I mean, what I see usually is that we as the younger people carry on with our really busy lives and we kind of forget about them. So I think the first thing we need to do is just make sure we connect with them regularly because the natural, I think what I see in most older people, a lot of older people is the common fear is that they don't want to be a burden. And so, especially like in Asian culture, they do not want to be a burden. And so they are not going to impose on your life unless you open that door for them, you know, I mean, not impose, but like they, they're not going to, they don't want to interrupt what you're already doing. Mm. And so I think we have to kind of make space for that. So calling them regularly, um, having conversations with them regularly, just showing that you're thinking about them. So they have that space to talk to you or have a relationship. It's really a relationship that we're going for, you know, we're going to be able to bless them. They're going to be able to bless us because that's the way that God made it, you know? And so for me, my kids are young. So during this time, I, um, I don't do it every day, but especially in the beginning, because I was really worried. I think, um, I, I tell my kids card or call. So if they're like, we don't know what to do card or call. Okay. We're going to make a card for somebody or we're going to call somebody. And usually we're talking about we were when we first started doing this, we were talking about the older people in our lives, specifically my mom and my mother-in-law. So I taught my kids how to use the phone, like the real phone where you <laughs> dial numbers. And I was like, okay, this is how you, this is how you call. I mean, I have a three, five and eight year old. And so I'd say, this is how you call the number here. You can write the number down so you can call anytime you want. This is like a new tool that you have that we didn't do something we didn't do before. We weren't home all the time. We'd be out. And so I taught them how to call, taught them, how to say hello, this is, and how are, what are you doing today? How are you doing? And to start that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that has really like led to some really sweet things. So my kids have related to their grandparents in a different way. We're not just together, but now we're having like very intentional, meaning, con- meaningful conversation. Um, and so reaching out and developing a relationship with an older person, like People ask me as if there's like this special answer. It's really not very, very hard. It's very simple. It's just regularly connecting with them. And that shows that you care. So you can do that in whatever way, you know, floats your boat or whatever way that you know that, you know, they connect with you better. So some people love gifts. Some people love um, phone calls. We've done FaceTime and phone calls and we've made some cards and that's a, a great way. And if you have young kids, 
um, somebody like me who calls my neighbors, um, they kind of get suspicious from adults who are trying to <laughs> say hello and make friends because they're like, why are you calling me? But they're always open to kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you yeah. get your kids involved in that, they are able to be such a blessing. You just see the, the smiles light up on the faces of these older people who are just like, so they're beaming because they're like, oh, I got a phone call from, mm -hmm. you know, a three-year-old little guy and they're mm -hmm. just so happy. Mm -hmm. So I tell my kids they have a superpower and that just through really simple gestures, all you have to do is like say hello, smile. Um, so my daughter smiled at this um, older Asian lady who walks around in our neighborhood regularly and she just walks paces. My daughter waved to her and I told her, I said, look, did you see like she waved back and smiled at you. So you just like made her day. All you had to do was wave. Like it's that easy. Mm. So teaching our kids that, I think that's just to start. Um, and then when you regularly connect with them, then they are more likely to, if they need help, they are going to be more likely to feel comfortable doing so because a lot of older people I've seen, they will try to do it on their own because they don't want to bother you. And then they'll probably ask you if they really, really need help but they really don't want to have to ask you all the time. Mm. So you are just giving them an, an opportunity. Sometimes you may just ask them and maybe they'll say, no, I don't need help 10 times in a row, but you just wait for that 11th time mm. and you can be a blessing to them. And, you know, just offering is to them, it's going to be a, um, a strong uh, signal that somebody cares for them mm. and they may not show it, but I think to remember that, just offering is, is a way of loving. Mm. That's great because I, light bulbs are going off because of the fact where you were talking about how the older generation doesn't want to be a burden. And it, I would have never thought about that from that perspective of that. And that's maybe why they don't ask for help or, or don't want to interrupt what, you know, as, as parents are doing with their kids. So, um, so much good advice. So much good advice. So tell us where we can find you online and what is next for you and tell us about, um, yeah, tell us what's next for tell you. Tell us everything. Okay. So I have, my website is, um, isabeltom.com. And so my last name is T O M. I can give props to my husband for that. Um, <laughs> Isabel T O M.com. And I'm on Instagram at Isabel C Tom. I'm on Facebook at um, my name is The Value of Wrinkles, and my book is called The Value of Wrinkles. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. Wherever you get a book, you can find it there or request it, even request it at the library. And in terms of what next, what's next, I mean, it's really funny because I've written this book about the value of older adults, but right now I'm in the season of where, like I was telling you before, I don't, I'm not working in the field right now like I was two years ago. I'm I decided to stay home because things were just too crazy. So this fall, I'm going to be homeschooling my kids. Hey. Um, and so that is like where I am. But in terms of book-wise and how I want to advocate for older adults, really, um, I want to write a children's book mm. about how, you know, they have a superpower. And I have, you know, I feel like because I am still considered young, I'm under 40, I feel like I ha God has given me this unique position to be able to bless older people because when they mm. hear somebody younger saying that they're valuable, mm. um, that just blesses them so very much. And so I'm reaching out to a lot of universities, schools, hospices, home care agencies, and um, senior living communities because I want 
about my book because I think it is help train people who are either going to work with older adults or work in healthcare, just the older people who are going to be in our, um, in the, in the U S and in the world is just dramatically increasing. And so I want to get my book out there so that it can help serve as a resource. Absolutely. Well, the last few questions I ask for all my guests is the eat, read, love segment. And so I always have to have something about eating because I like to eat. Um, so I like food. Um, eat. What are you eating? What are you reading? And what are you loving? Okay. So eating, I am, I love sweets yes. and I love sugar, but I'm like real, I'm an adult and I'm really trying to, to not eat it all the time. Yeah. But I love ice cream. And so when my kids go to sleep, yes. I just like at our grocery store, it's a buy two, get three free deal a lot of times. Oh, word. And we have a freezer. So like, I, I love <laughs> ice cream. You too, girl. I do that I every ice. night. I have ice cream with chocolate sauce every night. And like, if I don't have it, I'm like, I can't go to it, sleep. <laughs> I know. It's like a, it's, yeah. it's like a therapy or something. No, it's, <gasps> it's like a regular. Yeah. Yes. That's my eat. I would say. Okay. And my kids actually know that I will, I sneak can't not sneak. I shouldn't say sneak. They caught me eating. I, you know, they have caught my wrappers and everything like that. They know I love sugar. Yes. So I try to downplay it, but I love it. Reading, you know, even though I've written a book, I don't, I'm not a good reader. And, but I would say right now what I'm reading is my Bible because I need it as a mother. But then also I've really been enjoying reading kids, the books to my kids, like read alouds. And that's the time when I really loved reading. So it's like, I'm going back to that time and finding new books. So I am really enjoying reading those books. Um, and loving. So I feel really blessed. I think I said really a million times in the beginning, but I'm like the ultimate overwhelmed mom. And so what I'm loving is that I see that God has blessed me. Like he sees me, he knows what I need. And so I spill things all the time. I'm like messing up dinner or everything like that. Just like my kids are such grace to me and I see it as such a gift because um, my kids, their Chinese names all have grace in it. So one is extra grace, one is many, multiple times of grace, and the other one is always full of grace. And we named them that name because my dad, that's, my dad would always choose the Chinese name. And I just see that God knew that I would need a mother. And my kids, like, they are just, yesterday my son just said, you can do it. Don't give up. <laughs> and so I was trying to make zucchini fritters the very first time. And I was like, this is, this is turning out all wrong. And he just, he's three. He was like, don't give up mom. Don't give up. Oh, and so it, I was just thinking like mm. that helped uh, sincerely helped me <laughs> make yes. dinner. And I'm like, wow, that is awesome. I love that. So. Mm, that's awesome. I love that you mentioned about reading, read alouds. That's what we've been doing a lot. And it has been so good. I mean, there was a juvenile fiction that I was reading like on my own. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I could read out loud him <laughs> too, but um, it was good. But yeah, I love, I love that. I think that is super, super neat. And I love that you shared about their names that they each have uh, that. Every single one of their cousins whose name on my, on that, my side, they all have grace in their name. I love that. That is so neat. 
what a legacy, you know, what a legacy. I love that. Well, I could talk to you all day. This is so <laughs> fun. So much fun. Thank you for giving me time today. Yeah, this was great. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rena. So much fun. Thank you for joining me for this conversation today with Isabel Tom. I would love to know if you listened. Screenshot this episode, tag Isabel and me, and I would love to give you a shout out over on Instagram. Next time, I will be talking with Deborah Pagay, and I've been looking forward to talking with Deborah ever since I heard her on the Focus on the Family podcast a few years ago. Until next time, remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.